0: Revelation 19.1, after these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. In Revelation 19, that's the chapter we're reading from, there are four hallelujahs that give us hope for the ultimate victory that God has provided for His people and for His kingdom. So I just want to preach on this word. If you would just say it with me, a word of praise, hallelujah. Would you say it now? Hallelujah! You may be seated. God bless you. Years ago, there was a southern gospel song written. And it might have come from a sermon, I don't know. But the song said, I've read the back of the book, and we win. I'm glad to know that the Bible is not a novel. It is the inspired Word of God. God breathed, penned by over 40 individuals, over a period of about 1,500 years, but it is the inerrant word of God in its original language as God gave it. And we can read the back of this book Weeks ago, I preached about Bible prophecy and how we can have confidence that every word of God will stand. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, the Lord said, shall never pass away. Jesus said not even the tiniest punctuation marks, not one jot or tittle, those punctuation marks in the Hebrew shall pass away till all shall be fulfilled. So when I read the back of the book, I can fast forward to the end of time and know that God and His kingdom and His people win. Amen? We win. Now, it depends on what side you're on, whether you win or lose. But all these things are predetermined in the Bible. They are predestined to come to pass. The Bible does not teach the predestination of individuals. God gave us a free choice, just as He did Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And if you want to be predestined with God, then stay in the church, get under God's protection, let your sins be covered by His blood, and then you have that promise over your life. When I look at the climate, Of our polarized culture sometimes you're a little concerned about where our culture is going and there are reasons to be concerned about life on planet earth but today my goal is to help take your eyes off current events and look at the final events I want to do what Jesus told us to do. Look up. Lift up your head. For your redemption is drawing nigh. Let's look at the end and how it will end to know what side we should be on to know the promises that God has made for His people. Amen. We know how history ends from the back of the book. In Revelation 19, 1 through 6, there are four hallelujahs that are proclaimed there. Now in the King James, New King James, it is written hallelujah with an A, the Greek way. But we say hallelujah and it means the exact same thing. But to understand those last four hallelujahs mentioned in the Bible, we need to understand about hallelujah in the Bible because we understand that hallelujah is a worship word. Amen? And worship is the total response of man to God. Worship is responding to God, loving the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength. We love the Lord with our entire being. That's why we get a little aggravated, and we try to motivate you when you say you love the Lord, but you don't love Him with your whole being, because you can't get your hand in the air, you can't love Him with your voice, so I love Him in my heart, good, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, praise God, amen, worship, is the total response of man to God. When Satan tempted Jesus to fall down and worship Him, Jesus said, Nothing doing, get thee, hence Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. I've already made that point in the last couple of weeks, but we worship God Almighty alone. Amen? Amen? Now, what you say when you praise matters. This one word of praise, hallelujah, should be in your worship vocabulary. But it might be good to know the depth of what you're saying when you say hallelujah. Now there are many Hebrew words in the original writings of the Bible that had been rendered just praise in the English Bibles. And without the aid of Hebrew, I do not write or speak Hebrew, but I know how to study a little bit. But if you can't read Hebrew or don't know that, you might just think that praise, praise the Lord, is the only word. But in reality, there are more than 50 Hebrew words that are translated praise in your Bible. They don't change praise, but they give light and understanding and depth to the praise that we give the Lord. Would you just say, Hallelujah? Hallelujah Hallelujah is probably the most widely used words of worship in the church and around the world, hallelujah is said in most languages just like that. Except in the Spanish cultures, because of the way they pronounce the words, they may say hallelujah. Right, Brother Reyes? Hermano, praise the Lord. Dios la bendiga. Our Spanish pastor and his family, they're amazing. Because hallelujah is not usually translated. It is transliterated. So it's the same regardless of where you go. I am not aware of another word that is said the same way in praise to God anywhere else in the world. It doesn't mean that the word hallelujah is greater than the word Jesus. It's just interesting, right? And those... Latin American countries, Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, Panama, Argentina, Ecuador, Dominican Republic, all of those countries I preached in. And when they get ready to worship the Lord, they may be speaking in an unknown tongue to you, unless you speak Spanish, but then they'll say, Hallelujah! Because it's the same around the world. I've heard them say hallelujah in Russia, Hungary, South African, Africa, when they might speak Afrikaans in Korea, in Germany, in Italy, in the Philippines, and our missionaries would tell you most places in the world, when you want to give Him the highest praise, you just say hallelujah, and it works in any language, any culture around the world. It is a powerful word of praise. Now usually in your Bible... It is translated, praise the Lord. But it's a little deeper than just praise the Lord. Many of the other 49 or so Hebrew words of praise that are used for praise in the English, English language go back now. Hallelujah consists of two Hebrew words. The first is Hallel. And Hallel has a very deep meaning. And then J-A-H, hallelujah, J-A-H, or the Spanish probably pronounce it right, Ja because hallel means to boast, to brag, to laud, to make a show even to the point of acting a little bit foolish. So when you see hallel, you're saying, I'm going to get a little bit crazy about what I'm going to do here. Praise Hallel is praise and Jah is a shortened form of Jehovah or Yahweh or praise to Jehovah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. It is a powerful Bible word to exalt the Lordship of Jesus Christ and give Him the highest form of praise. Why don't you try it right now? It might lift you out of the spiritual Doldrums out of your depression, out of your sickness, out of your carnality, out of your worry, to say hallelujah, praise to the Lord. Amen. Hallel by itself is used 99 times in the Hebrew. Old Testament, and then combined with Jah, hallelujah, praise the name of the Lord mighty God, amen, hallelujah. And it's a spontaneous shout, it's kind of hard to whisper hallelujah. This doesn't feel right, does it? Hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get right where you are right now today, some of you hallelujah people. I'd like to turn you into a hallelujah person before you leave today. Amen. My, my grandfather was not raised in the church. And he was a pretty bad sinner before he got saved. I only knew him after Christ. And I've heard my daddy doc, we called him, say hallelujah. He was from South Georgia, you know. and Say hallelujah. But I've heard him say that praising and praying. But I've also seen him say that when he was out working and hit his hand with a hammer or or something went wrong and instead of saying some of the words he grew up saying and he said before Christ, I would hear him go, Hallelujah! You know? (laughs) And that might do you good, right, to change the way you respond to adversity and pain and setback instead of blaming it on the devil, instead of cussing God out. Why don't you just say, well, hallelujah, anyhow, right? Yeah. Hallelujah, because he's still on the throne even when I may be in trouble and the world looks dark to me, God is still in charge. So that's why I say, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah is used 24 times in the Old Testament, that original Hebrew word. And all of those examples are in the book of Psalms. In fact, they lie between Psalm 104 and Psalm 150 in your Bible. Two Psalms begin with hallelujah. This is in the original language. And, And I can name them to you. Five Psalms end with hallelujah Eight Psalms begin and end with hallelujah. The 24 uses of the word hallelujah in the Psalms give some depth of understanding to God's nature and what he is doing in the earth. God is not haphazard. He's not asleep at the wheel. He's not just playing around. God is strategic in what he has done since before time. God always has been and always will be. But the first use, I want to show you just a few, making our way to Revelation 19, is to display God's purpose in creation. Read through the Psalms 104, 105, 106 That God created the universe God created the world And He uses it for His purposes In Psalm 104 The waters, grass, animals, birds, moon, sun, sea Sea creatures, the earth and all of the mountains All of those give glory to the Lord Psalm 104, 24 kind of gives a summary of it. O oh Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. Amen. In Psalm 105 and 106, we read about a God who uses the forces of nature to accomplish His will. Now, I didn't say this this morning, not in my notes, but do you remember the time when God, the Bible says that the stars in their courses fought against Sisera? That the sundial went backwards when the sun, then the sun stood still? God is in charge of all of nature and he uses it to fulfill his will. Psalm 135 tells us that God has his way with the heavens and the earth. And the sea. Psalm one forty eight tells us that everything and every one is commanded to praise the Lord. In Psalm one forty eight, we're commanded to praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, angels, hosts of heaven, sun and moon, stars of light, heaven of heavens, waters that are above the heavens, that firmament. Up there, he commanded, and they were created. He established them forever. Dragons, all deeps, wind, snow, vapor, stormy wind, all of those things fulfill the will of God. And then he says, Kings of the earth and people, princes, and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord. I want you to see that God is in charge and He uses all of creation to fulfill His will. Amen. Praise the Lord. The second thing. The hallelujah psalms reveal God's purpose in His people. When God chose you, He chose you according to His eternal purpose. You are not an accident. The fact that you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you are saved, is not an accident. You may feel like there are accidents in your life, but God has a purpose in His people. In Psalm 105... The people of Israel will call to remember the wonders, the miracles, and the judgments of God. That He did all of that because He loved them and was delivering them. Psalm 106 speaks of the shortcomings and the sins of Israel. They were delivered, but then they backslide. They murmured. They worshiped idols. They were wandering in sin, and God disciplined them back. But God was faithful to his word, and he had a purpose for his people. Psalm 12, 113, 115, 135, they all have this strong theme of God's Purpose among his people. Psalm 135, verses 1 through 4. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord hath chosen Jacob, another name for Israel unto himself, and Israel for his peculiar. Your pleasure. The Lord wanted to say, there's a reason to say hallelujah. You were dead in your sins, but I chose you. I called you out of darkness. I've got a purpose in my people. That's why we say hallelujah. The hallelujah psalms declare the power and the sovereignty of God. He is very great. He is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. He there's no one the heathen can not say, where is their god? Because God is in charge. God is in the heavens and he has done whatsoever he has pleased. Idols they cannot do anything but God can do anything he has shut their mouths God is almighty and powerful and those that trust in the Lord will never be discouraged he is our help and he is our shield God rules in the heavens now Psalm 150 is the last Psalm right that's not the end of the sermon don't get your hopes up Psalm 150 13 times in Psalm 150 The word praise or hallel is used in the Hebrew. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise him in the sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him according to His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Pardon me, but how can you sit there with these, Not I don't mean just right now, but all your life with these injunctions to praise. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with string instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high sounding cymbals. And if you feel left out, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And in the Hebrews, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, like that. So when you feel like life is out of control Just shout hallelujah And remember that God Is always in control And the hallelujah psalms They speak of God's eternal nature He will endure forever He's from everlasting To everlasting These are all in these psalms The name of the Lord endures forever The Lord shall reign forever Sometimes we get the feeling that that life is a vapor, right? Appears for a little while and vanishes away. But not so with God and not so with His purpose. Amen? God is eternal. Ten times in the last five psalms, the entire word hallelujah resounds to help us understand that we can give a praise to almighty God who is in control of times and seasons and cultures and circumstances that ultimately everything in creation is commanded to praise the Lord because God is comfortably in control. The hallelujah psalms display God's purpose in creation they reveal God's purpose in his people they declare God's power and sovereignty and they speak of God's eternal nature so in the psalms in the hallelujah psalms we kind of get it from beginning to ending a praise to God that he is above all as the New Testament would say he is working through all and he is in you all Don't ever think that God doesn't know the tiniest detail of your life. He can see the smallest detail, and he cares. But he's also got the big picture, amen? He knows it all, and the back of the book lets us know that his people and God Almighty will win. So that's why I can stop in my tracks, and I can just say, hallelujah, I give you the highest praise of all. When I was eight years old, I did not understand all that about hallelujah. But when I was praying to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, I guess I was trying really hard. You know, I like to try really hard. And I was trying to get the Holy Ghost. But someone said it's a gift. And they said, why don't you just begin to say hallelujah. It's not a magic word. But I begin to say hallelujah. And I quit trying to. Get God to give me the Holy Ghost, and I just received His Spirit eight years old. I will never forget it. You ought to try a hallelujah with understanding to God and see what it does to radically transform your soul. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now let's go to the back of the book. These four final uses of the word hallelujah are strategic and they are powerful. They are akin to, there are some fascinating correlations between the hallelujah psalms that I've just referred to and the hallelujahs of Revelation 19. The last time the word word is used in the Bible. In Revelation chapter 17 and 18, leading up to our chapter of the day, chapter 19, the Bible speaks about the defeat of what is described as the great prostitute, false religion, that which has allied itself against God and his people. And in Revelation 17 and 18, we see how this Great prostitute, this religious system that turned its back on God is addressed and judged. The harlot should have been the bride, but she sold herself to the political powers of the earth. The Bible uses the imagery of saying that she has been with all the kings of the earth. She's committed adultery or fornication with them. She's entered into immoral relationships politically, spiritually, morally. And all of this world system of evil allied to Satan himself. But now we are at the dramatic events of the end of time. And this age old conflict between good and evil, is reaching a fever pitch. The grand finality of God's grand plan is on display. And in the context of this final defeat of the enemies of the Lord, John, the revelator, John, who penned the words of Revelation, hears these hallelujahs that come out of the throne of God that are shouted. The first is in Revelation 19.1. After these things I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying hallelujah salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. The first hallelujah is for our salvation that has finally been realized I know you were saved. You are being saved. When you breathe your last breath or when the trumpet sounds and the rapture occurs, you will finally be saved. But Revelation looks back and it looks at all the people of God that have been washed in his blood. And it says, hallelujah, the salvation that was purchased from the cross. that had The salvation that was from the foundation of the world. Because Jesus Christ is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world but now it is fullness it is come and we can say hallelujah i am saved forever Life is behind me. Temptation is behind me. I've overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb. And now into heaven I go forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah for my salvation. But you got a headache, got a bad grade this past week in school. Get written up by the boss, you got stuck in traffic by the DJ, whatever happened, And, and you didn't show kindness, you know, no little kindness. And so you've had a really bad week, right? And the disciples came back to Jesus, and they said, you will not believe this, but the devils are subject to us through your name. We said your name, and devils were cast out. That's pretty amazing, right? But some days it just doesn't feel like they're going as fast as you want them to, right? and you still got to live with your bucobibetus or whatever your aches and pains might be, that's not a real disease. And Jesus would say to you, rejoice, not because the devils are subject to you. Rejoice, not because you got a bonus or a raise or your dreams came true, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven and that it doesn't matter what happens here as long as you make it there. So the first hallelujah is a hallelujah that I am saved. Why don't you thank him now? Because you are filled with the Holy Ghost, the down payment of what is to come. Jesus said, don't be afraid of the person that can only destroy your body. You ought to fear the one that can destroy both body and soul in hell. The writer of Hebrews said the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. In other words, when it is all said and done, my brothers and my sisters, as long as you make it to heaven, it doesn't matter what life on earth may be like for you. Because our brothers and our sisters In the history of the church And the history of the Bible Were persecuted, slain with the sword Read the Bible for yourself They didn't always live In a culture where everything was Going their way, but when they Drew their last breath When Paul lost his head For the gospel, the Bible said That the sufferings of this present Time are not worthy To be compared with the glory That will be revealed in us that is what it is all about that you would be saved at the coming of the Lord salvation hallelujah salvation we've sung about it a lot of ways heaven's jubilee back in the day it's going to be worth every long mile every heartache, and every trial. It's going to be worth it all, some beautiful, happy day. It doesn't matter what you have to give up here. It doesn't matter what you have to go through here. As long as you're saved, when Jesus comes back for His church, you can stand in the book of Revelation 19 and say, Hallelujah, salvation. By the grace of God, I've made it. See, the clock of human history will end, and for all of us, eternity will begin, saved or lost. But this great multitude shouts, Hallelujah, salvation. Second Hallelujah. Revelation 19, 2 For true and righteous are his judgments. Because he has judged a great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. This harlot church is a persecutor, right? Again, they said, hallelujah. This sounds kind of gruesome, doesn't it? Her smoke riseth up forever and ever you ever feel like your past is trailing you? Ever feel like, you know, boy, I tell you what, the devil just will not leave me alone, right? But that day, there's a hallelujah because she will never trouble you again. The Bible said that they will look on the devil and say, is this the one who troubled the nations? But he will be banished to the bottomless pit forever and ever and ever. And all the enemies of God, including this harlot, representative of so many different things, will be gone forever. And because she is destroyed, her smoke is descending from the bottomless pit. Then the saints of God who are saved, she's gone, right? No more trouble, no more temptation, no more sinful opportunities. And so they said, Hallelujah, for our enemies are defeated. The second Hallelujah is because Jesus Christ has meted out His judgment against the harlot church. The harlot system for every evil deed, for every religious persecution, for all the blood shed by martyrs, for all the sin that it shielded and all the hypocrisy that it hid. The day of judgment will come on that system that destroyed the faith of sincere people. Amen. And the score will be settled forever. So the second hallelujah is for judgment completed that God has paid in full the enemies of God Almighty and of His people. Vengeance is mine, the Lord said. I will repay. The second hallelujah is for judgment on the enemies of God. Third hallelujah. Verse four. And the twenty-four elders... And the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying Amen, hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, "Praise our God, all you his servants, and who fear those who fear him, both small and great." This scene shows worship in heaven where the 24 elders, I believe representative of the church, and the four living creatures that we were introduced to in chapter 4 of Revelation, they all fall down and they worship Him that is seated on the throne. Those that are with Him are called, chosen, and faithful. And they rejoice that the enemy is Banished, that victory has been won, and that once and for all, all things are under his feet, and that he will rule forever and ever and ever. That he is eternally enthroned, and there is nothing that is outside his power and authority. He's seated on the throne forever and ever. Praise him. All you saints that fear him, small and great, the haves and the have-nots, all together can worship the Lord. He's coming with the clouds, the Bible said, and every eye will see Him. And then they that pierced Him, they will look on the one they pierced and they will wail because of Him. The enemies of God will see Him in all of His glory and they will wail because of what they did to Him. But we're His people. Our hallelujah is not a hallelujah of judgment. It is a hallelujah of salvation that He lives and reigns forever and forever and they all fell down and worshiped Him, Almighty God. Revelation 4 describes the throne of God. There was a throne that was set in heaven, and there was one that sat upon the throne, not two. There were not three on the throne. There was only one, amen, Almighty God who became flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in his appearance. And there was a rainbow, the one that God made back in Noah's day. That rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. This throne that John is seeing where there is praise and worship and he is enthroned forever and ever. This throne has lightnings and thunders and the voices and seven lamps of fire. And in front of the throne there is a sea of glass like crystals, and there are those that love him, a multitude of people who are worshiping him because he is king of kings, and Lord of Lords. So I say hallelujah for salvation. Hallelujah for judgment. Hallelujah that Jesus Christ is king forever. Fourth hallelujah. Arch you. Revelation nineteen six, and I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude. Who's going to heaven? Oh, just a few people. I heard as it was the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thunderings, and the voices were saying, "Guess what? Hallelujah, Hallelujah. for the Lord God." omnipotent reigns and because he reigns let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready hey that's talking about you and me that there's a day coming that God has prepared for us when we will be united for eternity with the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Why don't you praise Him with the hallelujah right now. Praise God. You know weddings can be stressful. You ever notice that? So much work. So much tension for so many people. Finally to get down right there. You know. Oh hallelujah. Finally all that stuff is behind us. The marriage has come. Right? This is the moment that we've worked for. Waited for. Stressed out over had to make it all work, but now it has finally come. The I do is ready to be exchanged and and then one flesh, right? So this this is what is visualized. In Revelation 19, the marriage of the Lamb has come. This is the celebration of all celebrations. And somewhere along the way, The faithful witness, the faithful God Almighty, he's never wavered in his love and commitment to his church. But along the way, that harlot church drifted away, found another lover, was allied to all kinds of other things, but not the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ, the Bible says, in verse 7, and his wife has made herself ready. Now, for all of us guys, marriage and the bride and you're part of the bride of Christ, you understand that in heaven they are neither married nor given in marriage, right? But are like the angels. So this is not about gender, male, female. This is about the uniting of Jesus Christ with his church. And she is like a bride, right? Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might sanctify it, right, with a washing of the water, right? And to her, this bride, that's us, folks, was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright for the fine linen. is a righteousness, the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, tells John, Right, blessed are those who were called to the marriage supper of the Lamb, And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. Let us be glad and rejoice. This long-awaited union has finally arrived. What God Almighty provided for before the foundation of the world. What he did on the cross of Calvary to shed his blood for us. But now, ladies and gentlemen, it is all ready to come to pass forever. And ever and ever. The enemy's judged. Pride is there. The consummation of the relationship that began with our new birth. And the bride has made herself ready. You don't just show up for the wedding. You've got to be betrothed to, to him, right? And we, we got in the body of Christ. We became the bride of Christ when we turned from our sins of Repentance. And we took his name in water baptism, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. The Bible said in Romans 6, we are buried with him by baptism. Not them, we're buried with him by baptism. Made ourselves ready, we received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost that I spoke of a while ago. At our church, and it should be at every church, the greatest celebration of all It's not the penny march if you're old enough to know what that was. Not a business meeting. The greatest celebration of all is for a sinner that repents and turns their life over to God. 2005, I preached on what's with the party. And for 15 years, not 20 like I mistakenly said in the first service, for 15 years, every time someone has received the gift of the Holy Ghost, we have celebrated that because our goal is to get people ready for the day I'm preaching about right now. And we celebrate it because heaven rejoices more over one sinner that repents. More than 99 just persons who need no repentance. The marriage of the Lamb has come. The false church, she's been exposed, condemned, judged, and banished. When you read about her... She's decked in extravagant clothing and jewels and made all up like a harlot. The bride, though, she's not like that. She's fine linen, pure and white that reflects the moral purity, the innocence of the church because our sins are washed away. We don't need all of that to make us beautiful. We are beautified by the righteousness of Jesus Christ that was imparted to us when he saved us. Arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. That's who we are. We've cleansed ourselves from all, we've made ourselves ready, right? We've cleansed ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Some people say it just matters what's on the inside. Read your Bible again. The inside will always inform the outside. And holiness is perfected when it is spirit and flesh. She's made herself ready. She is morally and mentally pure. This true bride does not have another lover that she's seeing on the side. She is pure in her character and her conduct. She has made herself ready. The fourth hallelujah is hallelujah that the marriage of the Lamb is come. The Lord omnipotent reigneth and he set the table for us to be saved. So right now, would you bow your heads? And we're going to pray. Would you make yourself ready right now for this great day of the Lord that will come? If you have sins in your life, would you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of them right now? If you've got some business to transact with the Lord, would you humble your heart before God right now? Ask Him, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I've been tempted and I've given in to temptation. If that's your prayer, say that right now. Lift your voices and talk to the Lord everywhere in this house. Would you please pray?